Hi friends, it is Monday, March 16th, 2020, and we always record our episodes the Wednesday before we publish, so that was about five days ago, and a lot has changed here where we live, which is in Utah in the United States. Uh, Since we recorded this, uh, we are, as probably all of you know, there's the COVID-19 or the coronavirus, which has now become a pandemic, and there's like all of our schools are closed, and uh, a lot has changed in the last five days. So I just wanted to share with you guys that I love how timing works out. Timing is just always perfect. We felt strongly that we need to talk about compassion and a practice called Tonglen that we had learned about, and... Guys, I have been using this practice these last five days, and specifically, I did it this morning as part of my Miracle Morning, Uh, and wow, it was such a powerful experience. Specifically, I did it today with fear, like I feel like there's just a lot of fear in the world, and specifically in my own community, and wow, I had the coolest experience. I, If you listen a few episodes back, there's an episode called Our Daily Meditation, and it's just me walking you through what I do every single day as part of my meditation. And I actually did this Tonglen practice uh, right before my mantra part of my meditation. So you could just pause it there and do it. Or you could replace the love meditation at the end with Tonglen. Um, but as I did it this morning, I when I was going through my five senses, I could hear birds chirping outside. But then when I started feeling the fear, like breathing it in and then breathing out, I'd breathe in the fear Um, my own fear and everybody else's fear. And then I breathe out love and peace. And guys, it was so cool because I stopped hearing the birds outside while I was like breathing in, uh, focusing on the fear. And then when I breathed out love and peace, oh, it was so cool. I could literally, like the birds, I swear, got louder. I could hear them and how beautiful the world is that we live in. It was just like I finished my meditation feeling so hopeful and joyful and It just made me think that there is so much beauty in the world for us to see at any time, no matter what's happening. So I just wanted you guys to know, I think this episode is like really perfect timing and in a way that we didn't even know when we recorded it. So uh, we are praying for all of you out there. I hope your family is healthy and safe and uh, we love all of you so much and I hope you find this practice as helpful and hopeful as we did. Thanks so much. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages five, three, and two. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Hey, everybody. Today I have a face palm, and that is, it's actually (laughs) what happened this morning with us. So, you know, we get done planning our episode, discussing it, and then we usually have to, you know, think about our face palm or high five. And both Felicia and I thought the other person was thinking for a really long time. So we literally, like, I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed. you just, like, just breathing. And Felicia was looking at her phone. So I actually I actually thought Felicia was, like, looking at, like, 
reviews or something for anyway <gasps> after like 10 minutes guys felicia looks up at me and she's like are you ready and i'm like yeah i've been ready for like 10 minutes she's like i've been ready for like 10 minutes <laughs> we're literally just like sitting here in this crucial morning time that's you know quite valuable for all of us just sitting here thinking just the other laxing. person's not ready <laughs> we're both ready anyway oh my god so. i was like Terrell, i can think of lots for you if you'd like She's like, do you need help thinking of one? I'm like, no, I thought of one forever ago. I typed it in. It's sitting there. <laughs> anyway. oh, so funny. And a so, true face palm. And then, so anyway, so I changed actually what I had written. And that's now my face palm. So. <laughs> so funny. Okay. My high five is, you guys, I at, whenever I hear podcasts ask for reviews or feedback, I think... Do people actually do that? Because I love when people do that for us. But do people, like when I ask, I'm like, oh, people's lives are so busy. And you guys always do. When we ask, you leave these amazing questions that I'm so excited to talk about. Mm -hmm. And And they're the nicest things ever. They're so nice. I seriously, it makes my day every single time. And we got some really great, great questions this last round that we asked for that I'm so excited to talk about. Um, so thank you. That's my high five. Thank you to all of you review leavers. You're mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. You're so kind. Thank you. Okay. Today, mm-hmm. guys, we are delving really deep into a concept <laughs> that I felt really strongly about and we were really excited. And wow, though, it's like, I hope we can do it justice here because it's deep. Um, we, we read the book. So last week I mentioned that I'm reading a book right now that's kind of deep that I didn't grasp all of it. I really did not. It's called um, When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. And anyway, it took me a while to finish the whole thing. But there's one specific part of it that, wow, like it really spoke to me. And we've actually been incorporating some of the practice of this into our daily meditation. And we kind of want to share with you guys what we've found and kind of how it's impacted our lives. And specifically, so this, the concept that we're talking about today is compassion, which you might be like, wait, that's not a deep thing, but it is. Oh my goodness. It totally is. Yeah. So Brene Brown, who is one of our just favorite people, she said, she's actually talking about Pema Chodron in her book called Gifts of Imperfection. So Pema Chodron in another book called The Places That Scare You. I know I just named like three (laughs) books books in a row. She says that when we practice generating compassion, we can expect to experience the fear of our pain. So just repeat that. When we practice generating compassion, we can expect to experience the fear of our own pain. And this is so true, guys. Anytime we try to connect with somebody in the face of suffering, we come across our own fear. Compassion practice is daring. It involves learning to relax and allow ourselves to move gently towards what scares us. And then Brene Brown goes, she quotes her, and then she goes on to explain how compassion really is an act of courage. And compassion, if you go back to its Latin um, beginning, means to suffer with. And that oftentimes compassion is not our default response to pain in ourselves or in others. We tend to want to put up a shield around ourselves build a wall, if you will, because pain is unpleasant Mm -hmm. and it's difficult to see in others and it's difficult to face in ourselves. So this is kind of like how we always say, one of our mottos that Felicia and I always say is like lean into it when you have a negative emotion, lean into it. When your kids are feeling a negative emotion and 
you get curious about it and then you lean into what you're feeling. It's opposite of our instinct. Our instinct is, this is negative, I don't like it, I wanna pull back, preferably also build a wall, Mm -hmm. really, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But the idea that we can see someone else's pain or our own without actually having to back away and put up a wall, I think is mind-blowing and is worth the cultivation Mm -hmm. of it. I think it does go against our natural, sometimes our instincts, but I think it's worth going into it. And part of that is we actually have to also step away from, we have to come out of a place from non-judgment and step away from judgment because oftentimes it's very easy to be in like fix-it mode, which is just a form of judgment. (laughs) Or... um, like, I will help you here yes. because I am all-knowing. Yes. Or I'm the broken one here. You know what I mean? There's all these kinds of pedestals and things mm-hmm. we put each other on. The kind of compassion we're talking about today is the kind where we realize that we're just all connected and yeah. we're all trying and there's really not above or below each other. It's just simply a matter of seeing each other clearly and relating to people suffering because we are all part of humanity together. And it's, it's a brave path, Yes, I think it's worth talking about. And I think that was the part that really struck me was, and how Brene says it, is only when we know our own darkness well can we be present with the darkness of others. And I think that relationship of going into, here's somebody who needs help, whether it's, you know, um, a homeless situation or somebody in your family who's going through a financial burden or... Um, your kids. I think that's like a very real everyday example. And I'm the healer and I'm the, you're kind of up here on your rocker and they're the wounded and I'm going to like fix the problem. And when I started to think about it in that, um, in that way, and I looked at it through that lens, I, I, it clicked to me that it only becomes, it only can be true compassion. It can only be real when, we see that suffering, that darkness in ourselves and it like, it awakens that shared humanity. Mm -hmm. That's like the, for me, Mm -hmm. compassion, that's like true compassion. Mm. And it's the hardest because we have to feel it in ourselves too, which is uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) We don't want to. (laughs) And I love that actually as a pattern in Brene Brown's work that her, I mean, over and over she'll say, you can't, you know, be loving to others if truly loving if you're not being loving Mm -hmm. to yourself and she says she comes across a lot of people who will say oh I can be hard on myself and still be really kind and loving Mm -hmm. to others and her hypothesis and by hypothesis I mean she actually has like tons of research backing up this (laughs) hypothesis um tons and tons of research on shame and vulnerability and all sorts of things but that it really is we can't give other people grace when we're not giving it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Same thing with love, same with compassion, same thing with seeing darkness. We can't actually face, I love that, we can't face other people's darkness if we can't even see our own darkness. Mm -hmm. And it actually made me think of, there are times in my own life, and I've seen this in other people too, but when I'm being really hard on myself, as in like, there's nothing wrong with, like we've talked, striving and improving. Mm -hmm. But when we get to the point where we're holding ourselves to such a high standard, that when we are not perfect about it and we just go into a shame spiral, I've actually noticed I'm much more judge when I'm doing that kind of thing to myself. I am way more judgmental of other people when they're oh, falling yeah. short. Because oh, yeah. guess what? We're all <clears throat> falling short pretty much mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually have like dear friends who are like, well, yeah, I hold every you know 
I, I do. I'm very judgmental towards everybody else. I expect a lot out of everybody, mm-hmm. but I'm doing that for myself. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. fine. But I would say that, yes, there definitely is a parallel there, but perhaps it's uh, it's not a way of compassion. Yeah. Really. It's a protective skin almost. Yeah. But it's, but it's deep and it's really hard. It's yes. hard to like face our own darkness and see it. Ah, it's really hard. And I think anything like this, um, when I read something like this or I learn something this of this magnitude, I felt this with a new earth and different um, meditation concepts. Before I started going down this path, I was, I almost pushed it away because I thought, this it's like over here in this like la la sit on a cloud land and i'm over here in real life land yes. so like that sounds great but no yes yes <laughs> and i think that's the now now that i've i guess opened myself up a little bit more to concepts like this i've realized that the the challenge is to actually apply it in real life so for example you can start your morning with a beautiful meditation, but if then when your kid walks in and interrupts it five minutes early, you're like, ah, get out of here. <laughs> then it's like, hmm, I didn't really like go into real life and yes. <laughs> like, yes. translate. It's not carrying over. <laughs> yes. Which the point of all of this is to carry over, right? Right. right. In yeah. fact, uh, Emily Fletcher, who is one of our meditation uh, mentors, if you will, through mm-hmm. her books and courses, uh, she always says, we don't meditate to become better meditators. Yeah. <laughs> we meditate to be better at life. It's that carry over. All these philosophies, mm-hmm. all we're just trying to do is actually be better at life. Mm-hmm. And I also need to clarify, guys, I was sounding very judgmental as I was saying, other people help themselves. <laughs> to have so- really, I've seen it the most in myself. So let's just yes. bring it back to, yeah. I am more judgmental <laughs> of other people when I am being ultra judgmental of myself. Oh, yeah. And exactly. my ability Critical, to yeah. see my own faults with compassion increases my ability to see others. Yep. So I just want to turn that back to myself there because that did sound a little, little judgy. And uh, we, but we all feel that. And <laughs> we do. That's yeah. the that's the bringing the learning into our real life situations. And I think that's the part of the book that really rung the rung rang <laughs> the most true to me was if we so we're we learn all of this cool deep stuff that's blowing our mind and then when we go into real life are we so Pema in this book challenges you to take the opportunity to look at how you shut down in your own life in your own life when you're squeezed so what what situations are irritating you if you're in this beautiful meditation bliss in your morning is it yeah your kids waking up early or is it work deadlines pushing you and then you turn you get out of that mind and go back into like the survival mode um so you're riding this high and then the real life moments are just shutting you down and i feel that every single day multiple times a day i will be in happy bliss mode and content when things are good and then when something whatever my kids won't stop fighting all the time or there's an unexpected bill or you know i have a conflict with parker that's like driving me nuts i i start to go into i'm right i'm blaming everybody else and instead in this book she's she says use this as a challenge to study yourself and Mm -hmm. not shut down 
and show up for the other person in the situation and truly see the situation and why it's squeezing you and why it's making you uncomfortable. And that's the place that then you can become more enlightened from. And it's just Mm -hmm. the truest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. if I don't even see it, if I'm just, I'm right, shut it down. How am I ever going to, I can read all the books that I'd like and Mm -hmm. I can meditate all I want. But if you're not applying it to the hard situations, then Mm -hmm. why, you know? So I love that. Okay. So I'm loving what you're saying. And I just want to point out a couple of cool things here. So what Felicia is saying is that you're talking about the roller coaster of emotion that we all go through every day, right? You're feeling the positive emotions, and then you're feeling the really negative emotions. And the beautiful thing about this is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you're not saying that there's anything wrong with going into those negative emotions, but you're trying to recognize your tendency from either wanting to step back, how I know I'm wanting to step back is when I'm compulsively reaching for Instagram, like, right. like that's right. actually how I know I'm like trying to escape something. Yes. If I'm like, where's num, something num, to num. distract me? <laughs> Where is something? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I need some, like, I don't want to even see this. <clears throat> so I can actually feel myself when I'm going into a negative emotion and I feel the compel Instagram is just an example, but like anything where I'm like reaching, right. like, what can I do to distract myself? That to me is a trigger, a, mm-hmm. a sign mm-hmm. that, whoa, I'm feeling some negative emotion. I'm wanting to pull back. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing you said is, only when you do that is when you're able to even see that you're in like getting up on a pedestal yourself and judging people from above. The only way you can ever even see that clearly is if you don't step, if you don't like distract yourself, right? You actually have to face it head on and say, this is, so the steps would be, this is what I'm feeling. What's the truth about this situation? Mm -hmm. And, and what's the other person feeling? That's Mm -hmm. always a nice question to ask mm-hmm. to help ourselves see what other people are feeling mm-hmm. but is that what you're saying yeah that the yes. positives there the negatives <clears throat> there that's all good yeah it's the staying present with that negative mm-hmm. and actually trying our best to see it clearly and really honestly we're all humans with biases so we'll never be able to see situations with perfect Fully, clarity right. but it's the attempt i think that allows us to move towards compassion right and others i love so i think that that distraction numbing out is a perfect example of Pema calls it we all kind of flatten life instead of seeing it fully and when you switch your perspective to think of all the experience you have experiences you have whether they're not which it's easy to say when you're in a good point like oh I can go through hard experiences and that'll just enrich my life (laughs) but but she says that in the book is if, if everything's just happy, you know, it's like Pleasantville and nobody has anything hard or bad, then are we really being, are we experiencing everything that this life has to offer? Are we fully alive or, or are we flattening it? Are we numbing it? And I love that, that thought of we can let go of the control of like that, you know, that feeling of like gripping and keeping your life like right here, like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a good place. I'm just going to keep it tight right here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to change anything. I feel that like 90% of my life, <laughs> just so you know. That I feeling know. of like I'm clinging. Yes. I love it how it is right now. Please yes. don't change. Nobody, yes. nobody move. <laughs> no no just time like can pass. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really, that's actually one of my like patterns of my whole life. So. Yes. Yeah. I feel that too all the time. And sh- and Pema gives the challenge of can we let go of control um, and experience like we're in no man's land. Not in a, I'm not going to try to make anything good obviously and be happy but every moment is a fresh new experience mm-hmm. i love that thought because that's probably my number one tendency too is when it's in the good it's like okay whew, pat it down how can we keep it here in the mm-hmm. safe like good mode mm-hmm. and 
I think that's really a challenge Mm -hmm. that we can take on is to accept new things as they arise. And when it's bad to wish it away or numb it or another wall that I was just thinking of that comes up to is uh, just withdrawing completely. It doesn't necessarily take numbing, but I find that in relationships. Sometimes it's really easy for me to be like, this is uncomfortable. I think I'd rather just ignore you for a couple of days. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. And yep. It, instead like, of moving towards yeah, it. I have to like force it. myself specifically. I don't know if I've ever felt this with my kids, but I think this is common in like adult relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I'll feel with my husband where it's like, I feel like there's some conflict here. I want to just, mm, just no. disappear. Yeah. Like, Look, but I have to like force myself to like, I am going to keep coming mm-hmm. op- with an, as open as I can be even though I'm kind of scared mm-hmm. or in pain or whatever or right. feeling conflict or feeling whatever. And that also takes courage. But I think staying open is key to not stonewalling, which is right. one of the really negative things in relationships. It's Stonewalling is super easy where you're just, I'm just going to ignore you. and yeah. Until you know, it fades. To show my displeasure. Right. You know? Totally. Anyway. But that's acknowledging that you have a darkness or, you know, chaos or something inside. And so yeah. do they. Yeah. And we can come together. Yeah. I actually, I was going to share this later in the episode, but I'm actually going to share it now because we're talking about adult relationships. Um, This practice that we're going to talk about here in a little bit that we learned in her book, um, I actually had it, I was practicing it this week and I had a moment where I did something to unintentionally hurt Jeff, my husband's feelings. And, and I felt this feeling in the top back of my stomach and it was just like there for like days. And it, it was like I had to actually breathe into it and figure out what it was. And it was shame. Like I felt shame that I had hurt his feelings so badly. Mm-hmm. So that's, the, that's actually what I'm referring to right now as you, I wanted to just be like, maybe if I just <laughs> close up, this will be easier. But that isn't the answer. And it, it takes difficulty to feel shame and also try to stay open and be like, all I can do is bring as much love to the situation as I can and do whatever inspired action I can mm-hmm. think of. But to actually breathe it in, breathe in that, identify where it is and like lean into it. Whew, it, it like, it took courage and it, it was, it was really hard and I'm still working on it, but yes. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, Pema Chodron introduces us to the concept called Tong Len and in it, as she was describing it, she talks about how a lot of us come in contact with this, uh, organically. Like we just, kind of almost just stumble upon it in our mm-hmm. lives. And it really struck a chord with me. And it's the, and again, we're going to go into the specific Tonglen practice. But the idea here is instead of running away from suffering, we actually breathe in suffering and breathe out relief to other people. And uh, she gives the example in her book of a man who was sexually abused as a baby. And when it started coming back to him as an adult, he ha- had like a total moment of, he was feeling that pain of being a baby. And then he, he felt like pain for all the babies in the world who are being neglected and abused and getting things they don't deserve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that pain and what he had to do with it, it's either, and if any of you have ever felt this, I think a lot of us have, Yeah. where you become overwhelmed by the cumulative suffering of people or of history or of whatever. I felt it, like honestly, I could choose like a dozen places where mm-hmm. I've felt this. But it's almost overwhelming and you have to do something with it. You mm-hmm. either shut it down, you either walk away from it, or you find a way for it to move through you. So I'm going to share two examples of how I just kind of like discovered this. And that's why this practice is actually like was so powerful for me and why we want to talk about it. Because both Felicia and I have had moments like this. The first one uh, was five and a half years ago. I had learned about human trafficking, specifically child sex trafficking in the world. And 
it was disturbing and dark and I felt this um, prompting that I needed to do something to help with that cause. And I remember laying there at night. I just got done feeding my baby and I was laying on my covers and I just remember being totally overwhelmed by like all the all the suffering of children in the world. Like it was like mm-hmm. there are kids right now who are being hurt tons more than I can count. And this is too much for me. Like, right. I, I don't even know what to do with this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was just so much pain. I just felt like, and and then you start going going into the past. Well, sorry. You start like going into the past and it's like, and there has been so much suffering. Like there's just mm-hmm. too much suffering. Mm-hmm. What can I even do? I just feel helpless. And my instinct was just to be like, I just got to like not even learn. About, like I, I can't even hear <laughs> about this down. anymore. But then it was, for me, it was a moment with God. Of I like felt the thought, the inspiring thought come to my mind of, you don't have to carry the suffering. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking you to see it Mm -hmm. and then do what you can, what I inspire you to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I actually felt like I imagined myself like giving the burden to God. Like, can you just take the weight of this? Because I can't handle it. I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack and I feel claustrophobic Mm -hmm. and I feel like I can't breathe. And I felt this like weight lift off of me. Like, yes, of course. Can I save every single child? with my own two hands no but and then it was really cool because then from that space of not feeling claustrophobic and like I couldn't breathe I actually could like find organizations that did stuff with it and I and I knew my small small piece of something that I could do to help the Mm -hmm. cause right Mm -hmm. and yes in the whole scheme of the ocean is just a drop Mm -hmm. right not that much but if we all I think that's what our life is about, actually, is just taking those little baby pieces of inspired action. Mm-hmm. We don't have to ever do everything. Mm-hmm. And it's the weight of the everything. It's the weight of the huge need that's in the world that I think that sometimes shuts us off from doing anything. Right. And the other time I've experienced this this concept of Tonglen unintentionally was um, with homeless people. I... Uh, Brene Brown talks about this and also this is gonna well I'll post the link to this but Gentry is this music uh, group that I know that I love and they have this uh, music video about Oh Holy Night it's a Christmas song and in it that's about it's about homeless people and um, I had this like mind-blowing experience I had just read some stuff with Brene Brown talking about our shame when we look at homeless people and we either don't have anything to give them or we've chosen not to give them money for uh, for you know, reasons that we feel like are good or whatever. And sometimes when we feel like we don't have anything to offer them, we see the need of a homeless person and we look away. And there's, and then we feel shame, right? And I actually, and as she was saying this, I was like, oh my, yes, yes, I totally feel that. Like if I don't have something to like hand right. them or that I've chosen not to, I just feel like, oh, I just... And then I read more stuff about homeless people. And like for a lot of them, I think they do just feel invisible all the time. Right. So I made, I had this like seriously like moment of, it was specifically about homeless people. I had one idea come into my mind of, I had like, it was like an overwhelming feeling. And I was like, what can I do here? Instead of turning away from this need, what can I actually do? And I've read some books about, I mean, there's so many amazing things you can actually really do to help homeless people. Um, but the small piece of action that came into my mind was simply see their need. Instead of turning away from it, just as long as you feel like you're in a safe situation, which for me is 99% of the time, yeah. um, look at them in the eye and say hello. Yeah. And if you're at a corner, like while I'm waiting for a light to turn, I can say, how, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. And actually like look at them in the eyes while mm-hmm. they answer. Mm-hmm. And it has 
totally changed the way I look at somebody who's homeless. Whereas before I'd like see him from afar and like try to like avert my eyes. And the whole concept here that's been mind blowing to me is this actually I feel like affected the way I look at all need. These two experiences, the feeling of seeing a need, seeing suffering and that strong desire to turn away from it. If we can just simply turn and face it, it is amazing. It feels like it would become more heavy. Mm-hmm. But from those two experiences, I feel like it's not. It yeah. actually ends up going through us and turns into something beautiful mm-hmm. and we can see more clearly. So we're going to take a little break and then we're actually going to talk about the specific practice of Tonglen and how to actually like walk yourself through this, not on accident, <laughs> like I did on accident, <laughs> but to do it intentionally. And it's really a cool, mm-hmm. it's a really a cool liberating experience to like be able to process the kind of this suffering that you, mm-hmm. and pain that you see mm-hmm. on a daily basis, not only in those, these are like big, yeah, a uh, big <clears throat> causes, but I'm talking like in our own individual lives, our yes. individual small pains. It works so well on. Yep. I agree. All right. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so this specific practice is called Tonglen, um, and I think the I love the ex, the just the description of compassion is to suffer with, and when you hear the when you hear like okay suffer with someone, it's like oh I don't really want to suffer like that sounds a little, <laughs> but I think it this embodies the that concept of true compassion in a healthy way that we can process through our daily experiences without getting stuck in like the mud of the actual suffering mm-hmm. if that makes sense it's yes. like a clean yes compassion. it's a it's more of like a clean way of going through it you're not necessarily carrying the baggage right because we, we were talking about this this is a difficult I think area and frankly I don't feel like I actually totally grasp it yet I, I know from practicing this that I don't feel weighed down after doing this right. I feel lighter and cleaner mm-hmm. however I have also experienced in the past where there's somebody who's in pain who I actually take on their baggage right. on myself right and it usually means I am also suffering with them so you could mm-hmm. use those same words but not in a healthy way. More it's not of circulating. A, yeah, there's no yeah, there's no processing <laughs> through. It's just like now I'm just worrying all the time and I'm just carrying baggage. Mm-hmm. That's not a healthy way. And right. I'm not sure exactly how this works, why it's different. But I do know that I don't feel the baggage. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I can connect in that compassionate way doing this method. 
So anyway, I feel like there's something deeper there yeah. that I don't quite understand, but yeah, there it is different. Hopefully, I think practicing this feeling and this practice, it it makes that's the only way it makes sense to me is when you do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so the the concept of um, Tonglen is a practice inside a bigger picture concept called awakened heart or bodhicitta is the buddhist term for having an awakened heart or a a clarity of mind stillness i think of it as that if you were to think of meditating the traditional state of where we hope our minds go in meditation that's what i picture an awakened heart, mind, or spaciousness, clarity. So the first step is Tonglen is in Tonglen is to go into that unbaggaged heart, mind, basic spaciousness, clarity, open mind, um, and then and to do that, a good way is to take a few deep breaths, breathing, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yeah. any breathing practice, or I also like um, like a body awareness. So it's like. Fill your hands, fill your shoulders, fill, you know, like mm-hmm. fill or any sort of breathing practice. Just And Sherilyn and I were talking about it. You can do this in in a meditation or you can do this. You're going through your day and, yes, you see a homeless person or you hear about something that's overwhelming you with um, a feeling of I can't do anything about this kind of a feeling, but I want to. There's so much suffering. In those moments, I think it's the most impactful because you're actually feeling that weight. Mm -hmm. So that can be three breaths. I mean, it can be really simple and easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's four steps to this practice mm -hmm. that you can work in at any time. I actually, I've done it both now in the morning for my part of my meditation practice, but I have found it to be, for me, it's way useful in the middle of the day because that's when I'm feeling my strong feelings totally in the morning I'm usually quite peaceful and I have enjoyed it in the morning but Mm -hmm. but wow like I was talking like when my when I'm feeling shame because I hurt my husband's feelings that's when it was really helpful and Mm -hmm. that's like at two in in the afternoon right yep so yep okay so the first one the first step was flash on bodhicitta take a few breaths or tune into your body the second step is begin the visualization so this is where you fight against your instincts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to run away from any kind of negative feeling or pain or suffering. And you actually, she says, to work with texture. <laughs> so you breathe in feelings of heat, darkness, and heaviness, even a sense of claustrophobia. And when she described, when she used those words, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I feel right. when I feel that right. suffering. It's like an anxiety. Yeah. Like, yeah. So instead of fighting it, you actually lean into it, which sounds a little scary. And it, guys, it gets a little stronger. So just prepare yourself. When you start leaning into it, it's almost like, oh, baby. This is getting a little strong. It's kind of uncomfortable. So, you know, let's use the example of I'm feeling shame because I've done something to somebody that I love. I've hurt their feelings. You lean into that and it gets stronger, stronger, stronger. And uh, then you breathe out a sense of brightness and light and a sense of freshness. So, again, you breathe in that like heaviness and you actually picture it coming in through the pores of your body. And then you breathe out through all the pores of your body 
positive energy and light. Maybe this is the key to not having to be baggage, actually. Now that I'm saying this, I think it's the breathing out. This is yes. the key. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Breathe it out. Yeah. You're leaning into the negative feeling, but then you're breathing out through all the pores of your body, this light, and you're just like effusing this mm-hmm. light and cl- like you just feel mm-hmm. clear. And I think that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I am I am no monk, but I think <laughs> this is maybe one key. of the keys not to having to be baggage is this, mm-hmm. you're breathing out with light. So again, you take a few breaths, then you actually work with that texture. Imagine the leaning into the emotion and breathing out freedom and light. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is to focus on a personal situation, um, any any painful situation that's real to you. So this is, for me, the connection with the, the darkness, the chaos, all of all of that that's inside of us, it's that connection that it's in me and it's in everybody else. And we're sharing in this human, in the human suffering. So you're, you're not only doing this practice for that big, heavy situation that you just felt, but now it's also for your own suffering. So it's like evening, leveling the playing field. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about this practice is it's, there's this feeling that you're not alone when you do this. Yes. Yeah. So say you're doing it for a cause. Say it's, you know, children who are slaves. You breathe in the feeling of this is so overwhelming. They're in so much pain. And then you breathe out to the whole world, all children who are in pain, this feeling of love. Like you're like imagining this love, like touching all of them. Like you're, you know what I mean? Like here's some light for you. I wish you the very best. But so there's this feeling of like, oh, there's just, we're all connected. Mm-hmm. But then the beautiful thing about doing it when you're doing it with your own personal situation is you take a minute to connect in with, I'm feeling shame or inadequate. You actually breathe in that feeling and then picture all the other people in the world who are feeling that emotion, which you know there are other tons of people in the world who are feeling that same mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. you're feeling right now. You like kind of like tap into that and then you breathe them out, breathe out them to them that wish of love you are enough there's light there's hope there's all those kinds of things um and for me when i did it when i was feeling my own negative emotion i did feel it made me feel connected and not alone and that like i'm not the first person to ever feel this feeling it's not even the first time i've ever felt it what Mm -hmm. am i saying you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like Mm -hmm. we all feel this and there's like a sense of relief and being like oh and there's all these people who i can also breathe this love Mm -hmm. to and like all things i think anything we send out comes back to us so when we send out that love and we're feeling that love for other people it's also easier for us to feel that love for ourselves. and i think it creates an expansive so Carolyn just touched on um the fourth the the fourth step (laughs) i'm I'm that is that is is. it (laughs) is to expanding the compassion out and exactly what she said. And I think when you do that, um, you create an openness and an expanse in you that then, because all you see that we all have it, it's circula- circulatory, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be here. That's what this life is. And then it's going to go away and it's going to come back. I think for me, I can see, I haven't been doing this practice for very long because we just read this, but when I have done it, it's made me feel like, Oh, I can. I can handle more things. I'm a. I will be able to be there more for these type of situations because I can be in it, and then I can let it go. And then I, can, you know what I mean. It's not like a. It's not like it's going on your back and it's all stacking up and it's never going to go away. Yeah. So I feel like it 
it's like a freeing feeling of this is this world. There is a lot of suffering and we can breathe it in and then let it go and breathe it in. And I love that. It feels like hope. It feels mm-hmm. more hopeful Yeah, in that way. And that when we imagine ourselves breathing out that beautiful love, I think it's, I think love is the most transformative uh, really emotion or energy out there. And so I feel like not only are we transforming ourselves, but I think we can transform the whole world as yeah. we do it. Yeah. Uh, she says also that you can, you, you can do this on people who you're unhappy with, people who you consider to be your enemies. Mm-hmm. And she says you just imagine that that person is confused and stuck. Mm-hmm. And you imagine them as your friend and mm-hmm. you breathe it. You breathe in that feeling of like feeling stuck. There's a lot of people out there feeling stuck who are probably doing things to hurt other people. They must be stuck. They must be confused. Mm-hmm. And then you breathe out love and freedom for them, right? Mm-hmm. And and she, uh, Pema Children says, as you do this practice gradually and at your own pace, you will be surprised to find yourself more and more able to be there for others, even in what seem, used to seem like impossible situations. So this is when we were talking earlier about seeing the darkness in ourselves so that we can see the darkness in others, seeing the light in ourselves so that we can see the light in others. I think this practice is really steps to actually do that. Cause as we we're talking about it, it's like, this sounds just so conceptual, right? right. Like, yeah, sure. Great. I see that I am <laughs> me and you're you. Like it just sounds so conceptual. Like how yeah. do you actually do that? And this, I feel like is one of the ways you can do that. Mm-hmm. And Wow, I, I'm actually really excited to actually deepen my formal practice of this because my accidental experience with it were so powerful for me. Yeah. And just in this past short period of time, it's been a game changer for me in that we talk about processing emotions all the time on this mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. literally. I mean, mm-hmm. we've given you all sorts of tips on how to process it. This way for me has been a really powerful way of processing. And it's yeah. so visual. Like yep. when you actually bring in the texture. I love the visual, yeah. And I guess the two things that it really brings in, because we've talked about breathing before. Take a, take a breath. In the past, we've always said take a breath, identify what you're feeling, and lean into that feeling, right? This has those two uh, steps, but I feel like the two steps that really take this to the next level are the you bring in the texture and the pores. Mm-hmm. That really is like helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm bringing it in, really leaning into it. And then the breathing out the light, I think is mm-hmm. a totally way awesome mm-hmm. next step. Combined with the connecting to people around the world who are feeling the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like those two things really take it to another level. A whole mm-hmm. nother space mm-hmm. that feels, I don't know, it feels like a holy space to me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that we are all connected and that yeah. there is room in this world for the darkness and the light and that we want to share as much light as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, and as you're bringing in also a lot of things that I was reading about this, cause I was like looking up more it's circular. So we're not like bringing in darkness and like keeping it. Right. It's this, we're almost transforming it as it goes mm-hmm. through us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's super powerful. So if you guys try this out, that's so again, to just focus on the, the four steps Flash on bodhicitta, which is take a few breaths, tune into where you are. Begin the visualization of heaviness coming in, lightness going out. The third one is focus on a personal situation. And the fourth is expand your compassion. And we'll put those four steps in our show notes. But if you guys try this out at home, uh, let us know. Let us know. Because yeah. it's definitely a try this or not, only yeah. if you feel like it. And try it. But it doesn't have to be with big stuff. You can try it with little moments. Yeah. Your you kids can... are fighting all day. 
Tongue Lennon. <laughs> Try it out. And feel connected with all the other parents yes. in the world who are literally experiencing that. The millions of parents who are feeling that same thing. Yeah. All right, guys, let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>